Right, sure. Let's give it up for the worship team. Come on now. Praise the Lord. This week, I know we have people watching from Florida all the way up to Montana and California, all the way over to New York and Texas. Can we give our online viewers a hand of appreciation? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. That includes Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, and Kansas. Praise the Lord. Wow. Well, what a good worship. I think we could almost just end the service and go home, beat all the Baptists to the buffet. Uh, but we're going to preach anyways, because that's what we like to do. Saved your seat again for you, brother. Ah. Um, I, I love, I love, 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 love family. And I, I like to uh, encourage and teach about family. That's why we're doing the series, the Faith and Family. Uh, and so if you're in a family, thank God. If you're starting a family, thank God. If you uh, hope to start a family someday, thank God. If you're married, thank God. If you're single, thank God, because you're still part of the Grace Church uh, family. We're part of, we're community. We're in this together. And so as I speak today, I'm not just speaking to uh, any one particular group of people. I'm speaking to all of us, because I think the world needs to see what family looks like. Uh, we're dysfunctional as a world, and people in the world are looking, and if the dysfunction creeps inside of the church, then we're no different than the world. And so we have to operate together. We have to work together. We have to become one together. And the enemy knows that. And so the great uh, trick of the enemy is to bring division or discord in your family. And if your family can operate uh, in a full amount of unity, you're victorious. I think that's something that my wife and I learned years and years ago, as long as we're on the same page. As long as we're walking together in harmony and unity, uh, God would bless us. And, and the blessings you'll see uh, come through us, over us, and they extend to then our families. So the blessings you walk in, uh, you have the opportunity then to give to family members. It's a teaching moment today. And so uh, we probably won't yell or shout an awful lot, but I want to teach you and teach you the, the core of what it means to be a functional family in the 21st century where it looks like things are just all over the place, okay? Listen, God loves you just the way you are, all right? And he, and he, he accepts you, he, and, he, and he takes the opportunity, like he does for all of us, to work on things in our life that he needs to work on, that maybe we're just not quite there yet. We're never going to be there until we get to the other side. There will always be things that God is working on. So uh, just as though the young people downstairs are being trained and taught, the children's church is being trained and taught, the nursery being trained and taught. We went to uh, Selah's kindergarten graduation. That's our granddaughter, our only granddaughter. We have four grandsons uh, and super impressed, just super impressed with, uh, with the, um, the learning uh, ability of six-year-olds who were just, uh, and when she's around our house, she's a little stubborn. I'll be honest with you. She, you ask her to do something, if, she does, if she's not willing, she ain't going to do it. You're not just going to, she gets it from her grandmother, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure which side, although I think it might be directly related to 
the one that I will go home with today. Uh, but uh, And that's not a bad trait. I'm, I'm not saying that. But when I saw the 44 uh, little kindergartners and she was up there, and I don't know if it was by accident or design, but her hat fell off, and so she was easy to pick out. And so she, I mean, she was doing all the motions, the actions. They were, they were quoting things and super impressed. Listen, if six-year-olds can get it, we can get it, right? And so we have to understand that foundation uh, is something that we, or, you know, just, I'll get there in a minute. It, it, I hope you enjoy it. If you need to take notes, take notes, but uh, it'll be more of a teaching uh, today during this faith and family. We're going to come out of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Came out of there last week, want to stay there for at least another week or so. By faith, everybody say faith. By faith, by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, and so we're 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 working on our faith. Uh, the enemy will take away your hope. One of the things medical personnel say a lot, and they don't mean to uh, in the spiritual thing. Well, there's no hope. Well, if you take someone's hope away, you minimize their faith, and so we don't want to take your hope away. There's always hope. Well, we sing it in the song, "Hello Hope." Uh, hello, faith. Hello, hello, life. We're, we're speaking that out. There's a time of declaration. We're declaring that. And so by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Uh, write that word obey down. This is critical. You'll get it here in a minute. And then we all like inheritance as our nature. It's our gift to give an inheritance to our children, our grandchildren, maybe someday our great-grandchildren. We want our children and their children blessed. We want their children's children blessed. This is the idea of God. God loves his children blessed. He wants you blessed. He wants me blessed. He wants Grace Church blessed. He wants life-giving churches blessed. He wants churches blessed that we think maybe are a little different or do things a little bit different. He wants them blessed as well. The disciples came to Jesus one day and said, uh, Master, they're casting out demons in your name. He said, let them go. I mean, they're doing a good thing. It'll all be sorted out in the end. So listen, we don't have a hold on these things. We're a partner with these things among all life-giving churches in this area. Amen? All right, so he's called to do the inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, that's, again, that's a matter of faith. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. So we have, there we have a whole family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their families, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and pray, Lord, that you would help us today. Just build a firm understanding and foundation of what you have for us as a group of people, as a, as a body, Father, Lord, to walk together as one. Pray for families today, Lord, whether it be singular or multiple households that are growing and, and enlarging. Father, bless them. Oh, God, help us, Lord, today to learn through the scripture of Abraham what you have for each of us. In Jesus' name, we pray And the church said, amen. Let's start with number one. We see it right on there. It's foundation. Everything is built around a firm foundation, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, and we'll learn what it takes to have a, a solid foundation. Janie and I have moved quite a bit. Many of you know that. It's not, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, 
a secret. And we didn't start when we got down here. We moved a lot in, in Omaha, Nebraska. We moved, we moved a lot in Shenandoah. We were there for seven years and moved seven times. Yeah, that's a lot. Dear Jesus, that's a lot. It's true. Well, we moved into one house three different times. Same house. <laughs> Some people call that confusion. <laughs> I call it misguided direction. Whatever you want to call it, that's what we call it. But in every house that we've ever bought and redid and flipped and lived in, and I have never once called up my friend Landon Barefoot and said, Landon, you got to come see this foundation. It's the most beautiful foundation that there is. It's a gorgeous foundation. I've never gone over Gary Sherrill's house and said, hey, brother, let me see your foundation. Like, I'm, I don't care about your living room. I don't care about your fireplace. I don't care about your new appliances and your beautiful carpet. I want to see your foundation. We don't think about foundation, but that's key to everything. Foundation is structure. Foundation is hope. Foundation is when the winds of change come or sickness comes or uh, unemployment comes or a bad relationship takes place. Where is your foundation? And if it's not in Christ Jesus, you're going to topple over. When the doctor gives you that report and you don't like it, where is your foundation? So I want to give you some keys today on what it means to build a firm foundation in your home. Maybe you're getting married. I, I think I'm doing three or four weddings this summer. People that are getting married, people that have just gotten married. Are we six weeks now? Five or six? Praise God. We're... Every day is a new day. Listen, we have to build a firm foundation. We have to stand strong, whether you've been married 35 years or 35 days. Whether you're getting married, it's a matter of foundation. And the, but when you're building a house, our daughter in Omaha built a big, beautiful house, fancy house, just a gorgeous house. She called Janie, Mama, the foundation is in because it's a new house, and that means we have a place. It's, gonna be, it's going to be there. It's sturdy. It's going to be strong. Sent pictures of the foundation foundation. So you need to know that Christ is giving us something to plant a foundation in. This is a, a firm foundation. It, it, it starts the process, although afterwards we don't really care about the foundation. We're not sure of it. I was talking to one of our members after the first service. He said, hey, pastor, I got a, a thought. Do you know the uh, Biltmore foundation is 20 feet thick? Think about that. And it goes down 30 or 40 feet. The stronger you make your foundation, the stronger you'll weather those storms. The stronger you'll be able to stand. It's important that we do this. There's three ingredients, I think, and there's probably more, but there's three ingredients, I think, to being able to draw, uh, draw from or build a strong foundation. The first one is obedience. The Bible says here, and we read it, Abraham obeyed God, or Abram obeyed God. It's important for us to obey God. Obedience is everything. Second Samuel, or First Samuel, teaches that obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we make amends to God for things that we've done. He just wants us to obey. 
I feel like. I'm talking to some dear friends between services, and I feel like maybe that's been a strong point of mine and Janie's in our life. Not that we haven't had flaws or failures, not that we haven't had shortcomings, but we've obeyed the Lord through those things. And the more you obey the Lord with unconditional love and forgiveness and hope, the more you obey the Lord by bringing a tithe to the storehouse, uh, attending a service, being part of community, the more that we obey God, the stronger our foundation becomes. And then that, that sure foundation, that strong foundation, it doesn't have any cracks in it. Our foundation becomes flawed sometimes when we act differently, when we, when we have things that go contrary to our, our purpose. So obedience brings favor. Everybody say favor. We all like favor. Listen, we like, we like the favor. We like the good parking spot. We like the, you know, when I love it when we have ice cream in the freezer. We have a secret compartment in our freezer I didn't know about. Just found out about it last night. Janie's been hiding the ice cream in there. <laughs> You didn't tell me? There's a secret compartment? <laughs> I thought we were out of ice cream. She said, I ate it all. I said, I thought we bought two. Yeah, well, maybe it's in the other compartment. What? <laughs> There's another compartment? <sighs> it was like winning the lottery. I honestly wouldn't have cared of having the winning numbers. I found the ice cream, and it was good. There's not any bad ice cream. There's just some ice cream that's better than others. There's no bad ice cream. A foundation. A foundation is important, church, because we, we build our, our structure. Jill, Jill bought her, our, built her house on a foundation. Every house that we've bought has had a, a good foundation. Now, I don't necessarily look at the foundation. That's why I hire a realtor. Her name is Lisa. Lisa Starnes has been a realtor 12 times now in Hickory. Yeah, I know. That's crazy, isn't it? Dear Lord, pray for me. Jesus, right now, we receive stability <laughs> in Jesus' name. Lisa's like, no, no, don't, don't. <laughs> so we're almost at the six-month mark. It's about time to put it up for sale again. I asked Lisa to check out the foundation, bring somebody in, look it over. I want our foundation sure. The most surest way your foundation can be built is through obedience. Listen, it's simple. All we have to do is obey what God says. All we have to do. Now, the application might be difficult when God tells you, you've got to forgive someone if you want to be forgiven. When God says, you've got to show mercy if you want mercy back. When God says you have to have unconditional love, when God says you have to love your neighbor as yourself, and we all know the neighbor is not the person we get along with next door, it's the person we don't get along with because we have different political beliefs or we have different theological beliefs. We have to love them just like we love ourselves. That's our neighbor. That's obedience. We have to walk in a high level of forgiveness. We have to walk in a high level of faith. We have to walk in a high level of trust. That's obedience. Obedience is us walking this out and saying, God, I know what the diagnosis says, and I know what the thorn in my flesh are. I know these things, but Lord, I also know that you're in charge. 
And my foundation is found in you, not even a hyped-up service. And I love hyped-up services. I love, uh, I love that new song we're singing. Do you love the new song? I, I love that song when I hear it. Very, very, very good. I, I liked the Keith Green throwback song. I, I, mean, I haven't heard Keith Green since 1978 or whatever. And amazing. And just the scriptures coming to life. I love that, but I also need a foundation. I can't, I can't be so excited that my foundation is running here and there, every time we've left a house and gone to a new one, I didn't take the foundation with me. I took some of the furniture with me. I took our beds with me. I took dishes with me, but I left the foundation behind. Why? Because it goes with the house. Where is your foundation at today? Is it in Christ Jesus? Or is it what everybody else is saying? Because it's a dysfunctional world out there with a lot of dysfunctional people. They mean well. That's not to say that they don't mean well. It's not to say that they're even good-natured at heart. It's just that there's some dysfunction. And why is that? Because their foundation is not sure. Obedience brings favor. The byproduct of favor is blessings. We see this because Abraham was favored of the Lord. Because why? Because he obeyed. But then he was able to transfer blessing to Isaac and then Isaac to Jacob and Jacob, whose name was Israel, to the 12 tribes. In fact, at the end of, of the Genesis, he praised blessings over each one. I believe what an opportunity in life for you to grant your children or grandchildren start praying blessings over them. But I'll tell you this, they need to get their own favor. Favor is only brought through obedience. That's it. When you obey God, Noah obeyed God, favor. David obeyed God, favor. Abraham obeyed God, favor. Mary obeyed God, favor. And by the way, favor is not exactly the way you think it because all of those people had to go through trials. But because they went through the trials of favor, they were blessed. And because they were blessed, we walk in those blessings as well. When you walk in the blessings, in fact, the Bible says in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3 that all the people of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed. What a testimony. What a joyful testimony. You walk in the blessings because Abraham uh, obeyed God. Now, what happens if you obey God? What happens if you say, okay, I'm going to draw the proverbial line in the sand today. I'm going I'm to make God my, my Lord and my Savior, my soon-coming King. I'm going to do exactly what he says. I like to say, let's take it back to Jesus if someone has a question. Well, hey, pastor, what do, you, what do you think about this? Is this cultural? Is it historical? Is it biblical? Let's take it back to Jesus. What did Jesus do? Because Jesus obeyed the Father. That's why he came on this earth. That's why he walked. That's why he sacrificed. That's why he died. And by the way, that's why he rose again, is so that we could walk in the same obedience that he did. Yes, give the Lord a shout of praise. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Number two, then prayer. So first of all, we walk in obedience. Second, we learn how to pray. We're going to work on a prayer series this summer where we can teach the church how to pray as a body, as believers, as individuals. The church needs to get back to prayer. We don't need another 9-11 or COVID to rush us into prayer. We need to be ready ahead of time. We need to be a praying church that can depend on God, that we pray. And it's easy for me to say, hey, honey, pray for me. I'm not feeling good today. But I, how many times do we need to go to God in prayer ourselves? There are 27 spiritual gifts in the scriptures, uh, most of them found in the New Testament. And then if you go to Psalms, you'll find some others. 27 spiritual gifts. Prayer is not one of them. 
Prayer is not a spiritual gift. Prayer is labor. Prayer is a mandate. Prayer is something that we take upon ourselves. It's, it's like uh, it's plowing the garden. It's moving, it's moving the earth. It's moving furniture. It's pushing a car when you run out of gas. Prayer is labor. But because it's labor, I, I've never met a person yet that has uh, brought forth a child into this world, a mother, that said, oh, my goodness, I can't wait to have that labor again. Love the baby Love the nurses. Cussed out the father just a little bit, but not too bad. Got mad at everybody, but man alive, I love the child. They've never said, oh, that labor, oh, that was wonderful. No, it's painful. It hurts. The body is going through a contortion that it should not go through to deliver something that should not come out. And then you look at the baby and think, oh, man, that was labor. See, a lot of times we look at people's byproduct of prayer and we say, man, God just loves them. God just, God just answers their prayer. They labor in prayer for those answers. They labor for those things that God, they need God to do. Now, listen, don't, don't uh, I, I believe in corporate prayer. I, we have a outstanding prayer team that comes every Wednesday, every other Wednesday at 6.30 and prays for people in our church. We have prayer groups. We have, uh, we have a, a night of prayer or a 24-hour prayer for the community. If you'd like to sign up for that, we would love for you to join us in praying for our community. That Why? That, that God, and by the way, I believe it's working. We've been doing it now for probably five years, and Hickory showed up one, number one on one list. They were just 25 on another list the other day. I mean, God is putting Hickory on the map, and I believe it's because of prayer. I believe God is moving in Hickory, North Carolina. I talk to people all the time that don't know why they moved here. Why'd you move here? I don't know. Just kind of like it. I think the Spirit is drawing people. I think the Spirit is drawing people that know how to pray or that are willing to learn how to pray. So it's not a spiritual gift, it's a mandate. The apostles are, uh, Jesus told the apostles, go. Jesus told the apostles to wait. Jesus sent the apostles out to heal, to deliver, to set free, to bring salvation. And the apostles asked one thing. They did not ask Jesus, will you teach us how to preach? They did not ask Jesus, will you teach us how to evangelize? They did not ask Jesus to teach us how to heal. They asked Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And that's important, church. We need to learn how to pray. If you want a good foundation, you need to incorporate prayer. And in prayer, just start. You know, uh, Jesus says, go find your, a closet, a safe place, a, a, a quiet place, a dwelling place. Go to your garden, in your car, uh, when you work in the yard. I love it when I'm on my lawnmower and, and I'm praying. I, I pray in the mornings. I'll pray in the afternoon. Jesus prayed all different times. It's important for us to pray. If you want a strong foundation, obedience and prayer. And then the lastly is God's word. I love what my father-in-law used to say all the time when we had questions. What does the word say? We, we say it in our house all the time. What, what's the word say? Let's, let's go back to Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Eugene Peterson says, moved into my neighborhood. And so Jesus lived this life so that we could understand what the life was like to live. And because we can understand what the life is like to live because he lived it, we understand that he fought temptation by the word of God. They're really... 
minimizes excuses, not minimizing pain, not minimizing suffering, not minimizing hurt or sorrow, not minimizing those things at all. I'm simply saying that if you want to go before the Lord, read his word on a daily basis, pray on a daily basis, and obey what God says, you're going to have a strong foundation in Jesus' name. Amen? Give it up for the Lord because he's worthy today to be praised. Next word is designer. So we look at a foundation. If you're building a house, you're excited about the foundation going in. That's the start. If you're buying a house, you don't really care about the foundation, but you need to have it checked. In your family, if you're starting a new family, why not start it off right? If you're getting married, having kids, start with the firm foundation. Make it obedient. Make it prayerful. Make it word-worthy. And then you start to design. You start to figure out what this looks like. What's our marriage going to look like? What's our family going to look like? What's our kids look like? Our grandkids? How how can we design? Janie has a, a statement. She says, don't question the designer. I do. But I also write the checks. If you write the checks, you can question the designer. The thing about God being the designer, which is the scripture we read, he also, wrote, he also paid the bill. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. He's the huge, great designer. I get it today. You see people with, uh, with you know, thousands of dollars of tennis shoes or handbags or clothes. You, you, you marvel at I marvel not at the look. I marvel at the price tag. Like, I'm the guy that goes in and says, really? <laughs> You'd pay that much for that? I'm, I'm, I'm almost as tight as Brian Pope, but not quite yet. Can you imagine? as many great designers as there are in the world today as far as fashion goes, that God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, des designed the Rocky Mountains, the Atlantic Ocean, the coast of Panama City, Cabo San Lucas, the, the city of Rome, Venice, Italy. Our Father design the atmosphere, the stars, the moon, the sun, the galaxies, the fish in the ocean, the stars that cry out, whales that make a noise, and even theologians and historians will say they might, they're making a noise to someone. We know it's the designer. I believe in intelligent design, and I'm not ashamed to say it. There is one God, and he spoke this world into existence, and that's why you exist today. You are a created being. You're not evolving from something. That doesn't mean that we don't evolve. I, my hair, I actually had hair at one time. It was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the best, but it was one, one bad. I had hair. I think I was actually an inch or so taller at one time. I've kind of shrunk. So I'm evolving. Things happen, but that's not evolution. It's not galaxies forming together and colliding 18 billion years ago, and all of a sudden, these things take place. Let me tell you what our intelligent designer did for you. You have, most people do, not everybody, two eyes. You have two ears. You have two arms. You have two legs. You have two lungs. You have one mouth. You have one heart. Those are the things that we kind of know about. Your heart pumps 2,000 gallons of blood every day. 
every day. It beats 100,000 times a day. You have 78 different organs in your body. You have 213 bones, but when a baby is born, the baby has 270, and then some of those get fused together as the baby grows. Listen, this is not by accident. This is by purpose. You have 360 joints, and half of them I know about because they hurt on me every morning when I wake up. <laughs> I didn't realize hips and knees and backs and necks take their toll whenever you try to do some yard work. 360 joints, 650 muscles. I think Fultz is downstairs. Fultz, are you here? Where you at? Stand for a second. Look at Fultz. Go ahead and do, kind of do a pose. Yeah. <laughs> Fultz works out. He also is one of the best drummers in America, in my opinion. See, he, he's a humble servant of God. <laughs> but he works out. The only thing we, we see maybe the seven or eight, nine, ten major muscle parts. We don't, we don't see the 360 muscles that make up all the rest, or 650 muscles. You have 900 ligaments. You have 4,000 tendons in your body. This is not by accident. You were designed by God, but not only that, you're designed by God for a purpose and for a plan. When God wrote you out, he said, I'm going to make Janie, that's not her name in heaven, but I'm going to make Janie, I'm going to make her a worship leader. I'm going to make her a little spunky and a little feisty. And she's going to make her husband mad just a little bit of time because she knows what she wants. And I'm going to have a granddaughter just like her. <laughs> so that you, Mark, can say, praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to make Gary Sherrill. He's going to be the best car salesman, but not only a good car salesman, he's going to be the best friend. He's going to be an encourager. He's going to be a lover of his family, a lover of his soul. He's going to be a person that will walk with you through thick and thin. I'm going to build Amanda, and her and her family are going to have an orphanage in Nicaragua and serve 15,000 meals a day. I'm going to build realtors, and I'm going to build uh, carpenters, and I'm going to build business owners. I'm going to build students. I'm going to build friends and family. He's designed you for a plan. He's designed you for a purpose. He's designed you to be all that you are. Paul said, who gets it, by the way, said, I am who I am by the grace of God. You don't need someone to change you. God has designed you. And if God has designed you, you keep walking it out. Where you need changing, God will change that. Where you need deliverance, God will deliver that. Where you need healing, God will heal that. He is the great physician. He's the great artist. He's the great architect. He's the great Savior. He's the King of kings and the Lord of all glory. He's the bright morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's mighty. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's prince of peace, mighty God. He is our everlasting Father. He's the designer. When Jill built her house in Omaha, she had to have a designer. It was part of the building process. And so she had two. She had, well, she had three. She had herself, and she's got a very good eye for certain things. And she had the designer, and then she had Mama. And she, she would send pictures, and she would, how do you like this color? Do you like this color or this color? Do you like this light or this light? Do you like this stone or that stone? Do you like this counter or that counter? Jesus sat down one day with God and the Holy Spirit, and God said, let's create a universe. And they look like us, and they act like us. And the image of them is the image of us. 
So you don't have any flaws today, church. <laughs> you don't have any hang-ups or hiccups that God doesn't know about and that God's not willing to change for you. Last but not least, we're going to go to one more, and that's the builder. He's the great builder. He's, a, he's an amazing builder. He, he's the lover of our soul, and he builds us up. The Bible is complete in the New Testament. Uh, he's a, we build each other up in the unity of the faith. We build up the kingdom of God. We build up the church. We build up community. Throughout the whole New Testament, it's all about building. And so when Jill was building her house, it was going up. And yes, there may have been some frustrating times, but the end of it is worth it. Seeing the, the final picture, God is building you up. And although there might be frustrating times in your moment or in your movement, it will be worth it in the end. Because God is the builder. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. You're in this together. We're in it to win it. Only that, we've already won it. We're just fighting the battles time after time after time after time. He's our builder. He's our contractor. He's the, he's the one we go to. He sees us complete. I like when the architect looks at the, the drawings, and, and, and the architects have a, a brilliant mind, and they can draw this out, and they look at the space, and you can see different things, and it's like, wow, and the bathroom goes here. There's a basement there. But not only that, here's the HVAC system. Here's the electrical system. Here's the water system. Here's, the, here's all the different systems, and they put them together, and they see the house before it was complete. God sees you before you're complete. You're being built at this time. Andrew has a, a saying in our family as the, as the worship team comes back. Uh, Andrew has a saying in our family, we're built different. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're built different. All of you. You're built different. You were built for this. You were made for this. Jesus knew that in 2023 you were going to be here. He, I don't know how he knows the end from me, but he knows. You were built for this. When you think you can't make it through, God says he makes a way out. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, he's made a way out for you. He, he's, got the, he's got it planned out. He's got it mapped out. You're built different than most people are. You're, you're ready to go. You're, you're built in such a way to where God knows that he can rely on you, he can count on you, he can, he can fashion you anew. I wrote a few things that Jesus built in you or for you. He built that you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus in Romans 8, 17. He built in the fact that you have been forgiven in Matthew 6, that you are uh, not uh, uh, um, accountable to condemnation anymore, even though the enemy wants to send condemnation your way. You can say, that's not, that's not me, enemy. I'm not built that way. I don't feel condemned. I may feel convicted sometimes, but I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of Christ. I have eternal life. I understand the gift of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the grave, now dwells within me. Stand with me this morning. You're built different. You have a foundation. Now listen, if you're shaky on any of those, it's not too late. You can go back. You can reform that foundation. Oh, maybe there's a crack in it. Jesus will repair that crack. Maybe there's a hole in it. Maybe it's off-center. Our mailbox at our house was leaning, so a good friend of ours came with a backhoe, and he moved that thing over, stood it up straight. We put some 
brick underneath it, crush some brick, put some more in there, crush some brick, put some more in there, and then we pack some dirt around it. That mailbag stands straight right now, right? He can, right now, hopefully longer than right now. I mean, hopefully at least for six months. I, you know, we might be gone in six or seven months, but so at least we do everything at six-month cycles. If you need repair today, Jesus is here for you. If you need a foundation worked on, if you're questioning how God designed you, take it to him during this next song. With the power of the Holy Spirit, just ask him, well, why, why am I this way? Is there a flaw? Is there something that you need to give up or give over? That's okay. We're, we're judgment-free. We're in this together. We're family. And then let the Lord rebuild your marriage, rebuild your home, rebuild your person, rebuild you, your family, whatever you might have. Let the Lord be your builder. Father, we thank you today for each and every person here. Thank you for who they are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, now I pray for foundations and for designing. I pray, Father, Lord, for you being the builder. <laughs> You've knit us jointly together. You've planned us out ahead of time. We can't comprehend that, so we just take it by faith. Father, if there's anything in each one of us that you need to correct, Lord, we're not going to play Holy Spirit today. We're going to ask you to bring whatever change needs to take place in each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time together. God bless you.
shout of praise in this place today. We serve a wonderful God. He is mighty and he is holy. And thank you for that message. Could you appreciate your pastor for bringing today's message this morning? What a powerful reminder of the foundation that we have in Jesus. You know, Jesus gave us a parable about a person who built his house on a firm foundation of a rock and somebody else who built their firm their, their foundation on, on sand. And when the storm came, the one that was built on the sand was completely washed away. The winds just knocked the house down. It didn't have any foundation to stand upon. The sand just shifted and moved. But when the storm came on the one that was built on the rock, when the storm passed, the house was still there. When you've put your foundation, Jesus said the foundation was the Word of God. The foundation is Christ Jesus. When you build your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God, when the storms come, you will remain and you will stand steadfast. When you choose to put your life on things like politics and your job and your marriage and the other things of this world, that can change. The doctor might give you a bad report and say, hey, I've got some bad news for you. And when your foundation is built on your health and you're saying, wow, I'm so healthy, nothing could ever get me. When that's your foundation, then when you get that bad news, there's nothing you can do about it. But when that same doctor comes to you with the same report and says, hey, I've got some bad news for you, you can say, I don't believe that. I believe the report of the Lord. My life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and this rock will not be moved. You can have the kind of peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that when it says it doesn't make sense for me to have peace right now, because my life is built on the rock of Jesus Christ. It's not built on situations and circumstances. It's built on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. It's not to say that the situation won't change. It's not to say that the storms won't come. But what it's saying is that your life is built on the thing that matters the most, and that's Jesus Christ. He's a miracle-working God. Amen.
Amen. So today I just want to close in a word of prayer. And if that's you, I just want you to make that declaration in your heart to say, I am placing my feet, my life, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never placed your life on that foundation today, but today you're saying, you know what? I want to give my life over to Jesus Christ. I want to plant my life on the firm foundation. You know, you can move your house. It takes some work, but you can move your house and put on a new foundation. Maybe you want to do that today. I'll be at the VIP booth today. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ today and show you how you can live your life for him. It's as simple as saying, God, forgive me. Make me a new person. I choose to live for you. And I believe in you, Jesus. It's that simple. But hey, why don't we all just pray together? Uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And I just want you to build your life on that firm foundation of Jesus Christ. He's the designer and the builder. Lord, I thank you for every person here today. And I thank you that you have such a destiny for each person. That you have called each one of us to a specific purpose. Lord, and it all starts with being rooted and having that foundation built on the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, that you have designed each one of us for a purpose, that you are the builder, Lord, that you have even designed us as to be built on the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and we are the living stones that make up this beautiful body of Christ, which is the church. Lord, I pray that you would just bless each person, everyone that does have that sickness or disease or that fear that comes in, we bind it in Jesus' name. Everyone that needs to hear that good financial report that's praying for increase and promotion and blessings, Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray that you would touch each person with peace of mind, Lord, that you would bless our relationships with our spouses and with our children, God, that we would see miracles, signs, and wonders. God, because we believe in you and you care for each one of us as that good Father. Go before us in the power of your Spirit and, and enable us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday or Tuesday right here at Block Party, 3 o'clock. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.